is if you've got a list of 30 things and you're doing a listing presentation and you're going in there saying, this is why I'm worth two and a half percent or five percent total or whatever it is in your market. The moment that the person across the table from you says, well, points two, six, seven, ten, and 15 don't apply mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. or I don't want that. Yeah, what right. kind of a deal can I get now? Yeah. What are you going to do when you're using that to substantiate what you're worth and it's not all relevant? Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. We're leveling up again. Welcome to everybody to our latest episode of Level Up, where we are going to talk to you about the things that can back up your value when a lot of people are trying to take knocks at it. And so before we get started, as always, be sure to follow us if you're not already on whatever platform you're using. And if you haven't, please join our Level Up Facebook community. It's growing all the time. You can get uh, all of our old episodes there and a whole bunch of resources. And we're not selling anything. So it's a safe place for you. Come on by. Join us. You're wearing shoes in the house. It's kind of weird. Shoes and shorts. I know, but why are you wearing the, your shoes in the house? Because they're clean. No, they're not. These are, these are the shoes that went missing for two months only for us to find that they'd been under our bed the whole time because when we got a puppy, he stole them. You know what I never understood? Why in sitcoms do people always wear shoes? Like they never take off their shoes. Is it just because like it kind of... They're on set. <laughs> I guess. It's a dirty but set. But it's not very practical or not very... Uh, accurate or well, it's not a yeah it's not indicative of what life. well maybe that is what life is like if you were in like a a cool new york apartment with all your friends no but i'm talking like old sitcoms like family matters and family ties i guess they're always in shoes yeah but i guess definitely Ste- because- steve urkel was always wearing shoes because i can remember his pants being pulled up too high so he could see his socks 100 p I'm anyway. going to keep my eyes open now, although we haven't really watched television shows in like no. a decade. Yeah, but I'm Maybe just people don't wear shoes anymore in shows. Maybe they take... Well, I think it just like interferes with the plot and the whole viewer experience if people are wearing shoes. Because yeah. then it'd be like, how are they taking off their shoes? You know what? It's kind of awkward. I think there might be people not wearing shoes in some of those... You know the shows that started coming out that were like more real-ish, like Arrested Development and... Uh, mm. um, what's the one that... What's the one that's on all the time here now? Oh, uh, Modern Family. Modern Family. Like, I feel like when they're in the house, they might be in socks. I'm going to keep out, keep an eye out for that. Anyway, that anyway. has nothing to do with our well, show that's today. Fine. But that's fine. little little sideline. Yeah, so there, defend- there will be more. <laughs> Defending our value is what we're chatting about today. And what we wanted to talk about was kind of two components of that. Um, yeah. The first being... It, it'll probably become more the way that we normally talk, but let's, sure. let's call it too. The way you normally talk. That's, I have to rein you in a lot. I'm defending my value <laughs> with the extra content that I'm bringing that wasn't planned. All right. So we'll talk first about defending your value in in relation to the commission that you're charging. 
Yeah. So that's kind of the common thing that people are thinking about where mm -hmm. you're nervous about or you might be nervous about going into a listing presentation or speaking to the fact that God forbid you want to charge what you're actually worth and what quote unquote, you know, manufacturers suggested retail price is for a realtor. Um, but it's more and more common now that people are looking for deals, people are offering deals, and you need to be equipped with the tools to be able to address that in a way that defends it. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think we mean that by being on the defensive, but just basically legitimizing and substantiating what your worth is without being yeah. nervous about that. Absolutely. And I think it's important to recognize that it is different for every client that you're working with. For some people, certain things that you do within your marketing or within the offerings that you provide are going to be a lot more valuable. And that's why it's so important when you're initially meeting with somebody, you really have to talk with them and understand what it is that they're looking for mm -hmm. within with their realtor. Correct. And so we will get into that in a second, but you did outline there's two things. So we'll let people know what's to come and then we'll get to it later. All right. It's like a teaser. Maybe we should start putting <laughs> ads in the middle of the, the podcast. Maybe not. Maybe not. We just said we don't sell anything. That's right. Um, so we will move on from defending your value with your clients about your own services and segue that into how you can put your value up against everyone else in the market who's also pitching against you, which mm -hmm. is not about how much should I charge and why shouldn't I give a discount, but why am I worth what I'm worth versus the other person who's saying they're worth the same thing right? or more. Exactly. Yeah. So going back to sitting in front of your client, chatting with them um, about what you offer, um, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's those listening skills that really come into play that really will bring you to a point where you feel as though you're offering real substance to a client. Um, and like for me, at least, I know that there's, I've noticed a shift when you are talking to mainly sellers, I would say. Um, that the typical professional photography, maybe a video tour, mm -hmm. those just aren't going to cut it anymore. Well, they're, they're, we'll call them the basics. Yeah. And, and let's, for those of you who that's what you do, that's not a bad thing. And that doesn't mean you're worth less, but because there are those who still aren't doing that. Like there's people yeah. who don't hit the basics. And right. last episode was about the things that drive us crazy. And one of those things is like iPhone photos on million dollar listings. Right. But yeah. we'll, we'll assume that the basics are, yeah, you're getting a professional to take your pictures. Mm -hmm. There's some version of a tour, whether it's a video or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're doing the stuff that is expected by definition of a realtor. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but you talk about listening and without really not just listening to what they want and what they expect, the clients without taking the time to understand what you're dealing with and being able to diagnose what a place will need and what a situation will need to make it successful, you're missing out on that value proposition that you can offer somebody. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't know, what are your thoughts on, I know how we do it, but there's a lot of people out there who kind of have their lots of, we'll call them bells and whistles, mm -hmm. but lots of stuff that they offer. But it's kind of like, everyone gets this, this lots of stuff. Like yeah. the bag is full, but maybe it's not always necessary or needed. Right. And I think that that's where people can get into trouble when they just offer 
everything mm-hmm. to people and it's not necessarily needed. And then you're out of pocket for additional costs that you might not necessarily have had to spend. So when you get those postcards in the mail where there's like 50 points of service or whatever right. it is, like, you know, some of those are a given. Some of those are like, okay, well, everybody does that. If you don't do yeah. that, then we'll like post your, it at MLS yeah, exactly. or something like that. Negotiate with other agents. Yeah. Yeah, like we've we've got to step it up as an industry because we are making good money and I think we are well worth it when we show our value and cater to each and every one of our clients in a way that they see it as valuable. However, on the flip side, um, it's it's very easy to, it's not easy, but like you can make really good money and not put anything into it in certain markets. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't, it, it it's not going to get you anywhere in your career, I don't think, because people are not necessarily going to refer you to other other potential clients because it's just, they're, they, they're, they're not seeing the value. Well, you cancel out with everybody else, I think, with a lot of this stuff, right? Like there's just stuff that everybody's offering, but when you list everything in the kitchen sink on your ads or in your listing presentation, you're not treating people like individuals. Right. You're treating everything like this bucket, hey, you're getting this stuff because I do this for everybody. And to your point, it might cost you more money, but for a lot of these, those are just marketing points that are laced in fine print anyway. And I think a lot of people have been program that when they see a flyer in the mail that says staging services, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to stage your house and pay for it. It means I'm going to come look around and tell you where you can move your couch to make the place feel bigger, right? Oh, right. and by the way, if you want to bring in furniture, well, that costs money. Mm-hmm. So you pay for that or that, whatever it is, right? Um, yeah. And people you, run their business a lot differently too with staging, for example. Right. Some it people means have different their things. clients pay for it. Um, whereas a lot of other people are shelling out thousands of dollars to have their clients' home staged. Right. So I think identifying all the things you can do at a very point-by-point, point, as specific as you can level is very good, but keep that in your back pocket. Yeah. Don't make it part of your general everybody gets this approach because everybody doesn't need everything. And what you're going to find is if you've got a list of 30 things – and you're doing a listing presentation and you're going in there saying, this is why I'm worth two and a half percent or five percent total or whatever it is in your market. The moment that the person across the table from you says, well, points two, six, seven, ten, and 15 don't apply mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. or I don't want that. Yeah, exactly. What kind of a deal can I get now? Yeah. What are you going to do when you're using that to substantiate what you're worth and it's not all relevant Yeah. versus something that highlights the fact that, yes, you get everything that you're going to need, top-notch premium quality that makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. So let's talk, and to your point from the beginning of this, let me listen to what your objectives are, let me see what your house looks like, and identify and put together a plan using the right combination of those tools to get you the most money. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, a listing presentation is great to have as a backup, as showing people what you do as it relates to what they need. However, that's not something that you're, as you said, just throwing all out on the table. Like you're picking and choosing the different things that um, that they, they they are touching upon as they have a conversation with you. Right. So that's super important. Right. And so... Again, every situation is different 
and we've both run into and everyone out there, if you've done even, I'd say if you've done more than one listing presentation in your life, you've run into a situation where someone's expecting a discount out of the gate. Yeah. And sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to go on a completely different tangent. So continue. Okay. <laughs> um, well, now, 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 <laughs> now, now I've lost my train sorry. of thought. But uh, all, all I was going to say was it's helpful even from that perspective to know when somebody preempts your meeting with them with, I'm not looking to pay full price or right. what kind of like come equipped with what kind of a deal you can provide me or things like that. And it will happen. Yeah. You need to know even that it doesn't mean necessarily walk away, it, yeah. and which we'll talk about later in terms of how you you know value yourself and where you draw the line. But it does mean you can't in the same situation you can't go into into it equipped with everything if it's not going to work for you and you know that you're only going to be able to land this listing if you cut your commission by a quarter point or a half point or whatever. Yeah. So know the environment as well as you can when you're going into it and know that it's making you comfortable enough to do the presentation, Yeah. right? And it also doesn't mean if somebody asks you or they say, I want a discount, it doesn't mean you can't hold firm and explain to them and educate them about why that's not suitable for what they're looking to do. Right. You can be bold enough to explain why here's what getting a discount might compromise in the sale of your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I just think that our industry is heading in a different direction in the sense that we're really, like I, I'm trying to think of another industry where, like let's say like we're just getting our backyard landscaped mm -hmm. the, um, over the next couple of weeks. And if a landscaper came in and gave the exact same thing to every single person and charged the exact same amount, mm -hmm. like that landscaper would not get any business. And I know this is kind of a weird compromise, compromise, but weird comparison. But I'm just thinking that as we progress further into this, in, in, into the years as we go, um, everybody needs different things. And I really see an increase to more of like an a la carte service for mm -hmm. realtors. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I've seen that trend kind of take off amongst realtors in the States a little bit. And I don't know if it's going to come here. I don't know what I, I want to get your thoughts on this, but it's, it's one of those things where if you offer staging, right? right and you're going to shell out, like, you know, it's going to cost you $4,000 to stage this home. Mm-hmm. And they want a discount and they're okay not staging, for example, or you can give them something different with virtual staging. Like it, and it's going to equate you with getting the same amount of commission at the end of the day, whether you stage and charge full commission or, you know, less and not stage. Like, isn't that something that we should be analyzing a little bit further? Like it's something that I've started doing a little oh, bit more. hundred percent. But like, I used to not do that. Like I used to think, okay, it's got to be, because you see everybody else saying, oh yeah, I only charge two and a half or 5% or whatever the commission right, is. And right. I really, I, I think it's important for you to recognize that you're running your own business. And so even though somebody has a way of doing it, I've found a lot of value in taking everything I know back with me right. and then providing a proposal based on what I know. Right. So that is the sum total of all of this, of how we do it now. Right. And, and our agents have started doing it this way as well, where 
you don't need to be unless like unless you feel like you're under the gun and sometimes clients will make you feel that way like yeah. I want to know right now but generally speaking if you break it down for them in terms of making sure you understand what they need and what you feel is appropriate mm-hmm. and you show them that you're taking the extra time to really put together the deliverables that make sense for them that goes beyond coming with the I know what you need here it is right yeah you come in there you you sell them on your personality and we talk a lot about building rapport and connection and all that but part of that is like okay now you're not just a number you're someone who is going to need a certain approach let me take this away let me put together what I can let me see what that will look like and absolutely work the numbers on it yeah and don't feel bad charging 2% instead of two and a half if it's costing you seven grand less. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. And right. I, and I, yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, that, that's what you said. I just tried yeah. to put it into one or two sentences. <laughs> Versus me, <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> well, it's, it's, all it is is it's breaking down your work. Yeah. That's it. Like we, we know what certain things cost us. Maybe you've got a floor and a ceiling to what you'd like to take away from a deal. Not a ceiling, but you definitely have a floor yeah. of what you're comfortable well, that's making. The thing, like a profit margin, right. I think. If you have that in place, then right. you know where you have to say no and where you can give a little bit. And that being said, though, again, know your audience. Because I don't go out there and out of the gate say in the back of my head, okay, I'm not staging this place or this doesn't need a drone or whatever. And right away say, you know what, I'm going to do this for 2%. Mm -hmm. Because you're still worth the full amount. However, it gives you in the back of your head, you know what the buffer zone is where you can work with somebody Mm -hmm. and you know what your conversation has been. So that's why I think too many realtors bite under the pressure when they're in that room and they feel like they're going to lose a client if they yeah. don't just, it's, we called it with the Argos, we called it the want to buy a watch syndrome where you say something and somebody says, well, I actually wanted this. And you go, oh, no, no, I could do that too. Mm. Oh, okay, no, how about this? Okay, yeah. look on this side of my coat. And it's, it's not the way, it doesn't make you look like a professional. No. It doesn't reinforce that you understand what the client needs. Yeah. And I, yeah. And as you said, like, there's like, there's a fine line there because the moment you start basing your commission off of the services that, that cost you, right? like then people are going to start telling you like, we'll take this away, take that away. Right. But that's kind of something that like has been emerging. I've seen where realtors do do that. And I, I do see- You said, you said do, do. Do, do, do that. But I, I see that as becoming more of a common thing because to me as a consumer, that makes sense. It does. Well, like there's, okay. there's okay. There's like, yes. there's a set amount for your knowledge, for your but skills and your experience. That's the value we're talking about okay. though. Okay. But go on. But the, the, this is the point that I wanted to make after this, but please yes. continue. Okay. Do do. <laughs> so, but that, but that's the thing. Like I, I think we've got to recognize that there's a difference between those two things. There's the stuff that you and only you will bring. Right. And there's the stuff that you, like the resources that you bring that cost you out-of-pocket expenses. Right. And so it's about merging those two together in a way that's going to appeal to the people that you're talking with. Right. And it takes some, I think, getting used to and some experience and just figuring out what it is and, and how you want to run your own business. Right. 
Well, and okay, so so this is a good segue into the part two of the podcast, then, yeah. which is really comparing you to everybody else, right? Uh, to your point, everybody can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't all do the same thing, or they don't maybe have the the knowledge or the expertise or the experience to do it the same way. But that's what people are paying for with you when you're establishing your value. It's not about I've got a third party stager coming in that I'm paying for, therefore you need to pay me. Yeah. It's the, how am I coordinating that appropriately? Am I picking the stager with the style that most impacts the type of home you have? You know, Am I working with people on the outside in such a way and bringing everything together so that it makes sense and so that it works? Do I have contacts in whatever it is? Like It's all those intangibles. The tangibles people can pay rack rate for. Anything else, you're charging them a premium, Mm -hmm. which has to be tied to something. Otherwise, they just call them themselves. And this is where the difference between you and somebody going to a for sale by owner Mm -hmm. comes into play. People who want to do it themselves can call all these same companies and pay the rates you're paying to do it. So why are they paying you a premium? Well, what are you bringing to the table as an individual that separates you, first of all, from the seller, and right. what they could do on their own. And then the next tier is what separates you from listing agent A, B, C, and D, yeah. who can also do the same thing as you, but might bring other skills to the table that are intangible as well. Right, exactly. So that is your question that we're going to take. So what do you use, or does it depend on the client when you're, when you're explaining why your someone value. should go with you? I mean, I think it's a combination and depending, I think it does depend because a lot of times, like if you're familiar with the market, like if it's a downtown condo, Mm -hmm. that's something that I've had a lot of experience with and I know the market and I know pricing strategies and things like that. So that's one of the things where if you're in a farming, if you're focused on a farming area, that's a, that should be a lot of what you're talking about because you have the knowledge of what's going on, how to position the property, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, we've got so many different tools that we've pulled out when appropriate, Yeah, right? Like we talk about things like, as an example, like the buyer avatar that mm-hmm. we do, right? Which we've talked about before, where if you can show someone you've already identified yeah. who is buying places like yours, mm-hmm. what do they look like? What are they... What are they interested in? What types yeah. of media do they consume? So on and so forth. And you're coming equipped with something that clearly was done either because, to your point, you're a pro in the area or because you've just done the extra work in advance of meeting them to show that this individual is a unique case that you're looking at as a unique case. That's worth something mm-hmm. for sure. Um, for me, I mean, a lot of what I use is in the conversation and relationship building and humor and those sorts of things. Um, But you really have to find your niche and you need to understand your audience. Like I've got... And your competition. And your competition. Like you need to know what they're saying, especially if you're not in your farming area. If you're newer or if you're in an area, well, if you're new or newer, (laughs) if you're in an area that you're not familiar with, but you've got the opportunity to talk to somebody, make sure you know what everybody else is doing. Like. There's people, and we've run into this with listing presentations before, where we're up against like the local pros, but for whatever reason, we'll come equipped with a lot more knowledge of what's happening because everybody else just goes in feeling like they've already got the listing. Because listen, I do everything here, so 
Yeah. Just use me because mm-hmm. everyone else uses me. Well, sometimes there's value in not being the one that everybody else uses. Mm-hmm. But you need to understand what that is. You need to not just say, yeah. well, I'm different. So therefore you should go with me. Yeah. Well, why? Right. Is it your branding? Is it your creative marketing? Is it your negotiation skills? Is it your yeah. whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people have that education background, um, whether it's in like the negotiation courses or whatever. And that's something you need to look at yourself and say, okay, what is it that I can bring to the table that will be different than the people coming in? Like one great example, um, one agent that I showed you the reel of yesterday, short out, shot, sh- ugh, can't even talk today, shout out to Laura mm-hmm. um, for putting this together, but she works in a market outside of the GTA mm-hmm. and her whole explanation in a reel, which was done really well, was that if you, you need to go with a local agent because a lot of the GTA agents will only at like put the listing on their own board mm-hmm. and no local realtor in her area are able to see that listing. And so they can't show it to their clients. They don't know anything about it. So that's something that's huge. So if you know you're working in an area, you're the local realtor, and there's a lot of other air, uh, realtors coming from the big city, mm-hmm. that's something that you can position yourself as like, listen, I'm a part of this local board. And she said like 90% of the, what was it? 90% of the buyers, I think, work with a local realtor. So right. if 90% of buyers aren't seeing the listing, then you know that listing is in trouble. Right. So And there's value really in... in- I find we as an industry, the more we get into it, the more we overlook that the, the public doesn't understand oh, yeah. this stuff. Exactly. You can't approach people just because there's a lot of know-it-alls out there in the market. There's a lot of people who will be the squeakiest wheels talking about why realtors are A, B, and C in a negative way or why everybody does it this way. You don't have to subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. You should be out there educating people about the stuff that reinforces your value, the profession's value. Because if you're the one talking about it, you're the one that people are going to gravitate to because you're speaking a language they can understand Mm -hmm. instead of going into a listing presentation and saying, well, no one's going to see this anyway if you go with one of those people. People won't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But Well, that's it. And that's a perfect example. Like no consumer would realize that because it's placed on one board, everybody else, every other agent isn't actually seeing it. Right. So it's something that's very important to, to, to keep in mind and to use that as an education piece. The other thing that I find is really valuable that clients really, or potential clients really, um, value is when you've got contacts in different areas, whether it's a plumber, your electrician, your handyman, your Mm -hmm. painter, and you are providing that. And again, I know it's the tangible, like it's the tangible stuff that you're offering, but it's the intangible. Yeah. It's the connection and it's your ability to coordinate all of that and take it off of their plate. Right. That is something that is huge for people, especially these days, because people are just so busy. They don't want to be bothered down, bothered down, bogged down (laughs) with attempting to find a painter that, um, you know, get get a few quotes. Like we all know what it's like. It, it's like pulling teeth mm-hmm. to try to find people. So if you have somebody that you can offer and provide it as part of your service, um, people are blown away. And so 
make sure you're starting to establish those connections outside of the industry, but within connected industries where they could really come in handy. Yeah. And that's, that's another listening thing. Like if you know convenience and do this for me is what's most important and people don't want to be thinking, then your ability to bring things together is your value, is Mm -hmm. part of your value proposition. The other thing that people always talk about, we haven't even brought it up, is the argument that you're going to get them more for their home. And I know that's very cliche, but if what you do, if you can tie that to the net win for them, dollars and cents wise at the end, sometimes the argument is as simple as saying the extra quarter point in commission is going to generate them an extra two or 3% in a sale price. Yep. The math itself just works out. Yep. And if you can prove that. Right. You need to be able to justify it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you might have, and and this is another thing that we do is like case studies. Mm -hmm. If you have case studies that you can pull for like a freehold home or a condo or whatever listing presentation you're going to and say, listen, like this is what I did for this home. And as a result, it got my clients two, five, whatever percent more versus the comparables that were selling in the area at the time. That's big like prove it show it don't just talk about it right that yeah for you also i'm going to keep going on the value side of things for intangibles especially if you're new the people who say well i don't have experience how could i possibly justify my value or how could i explain that i'm worth as much or more as the other person who's been doing this for 20 years you do have experience yeah you have things that you know you have things that you're able to do that other people aren't able to do our newest agent on the team has a background in doing interior design and doing things like that and she can use that mm-hmm. as an intangible benefit that she offers her clients now yeah that doesn't cost them anything to be someone she's now about to take on a listing where someone's flipping a home mm-hmm. and he's never flipped a home before and he doesn't really know what color should the walls be? What finishes are going to be, you know, looking the best in pictures and, and that, uh, things like staging and all that? She can help him with that at no additional cost. Right. But that's value. Yeah. And she's, this is going to be her first listing. Mm-hmm. So identify what it is your background is. If it's in sales, if it's in finance, whatever it is, you can attach all of those things to what makes you unique as a person right to a potential client yeah and you need to find that connection between yeah. your value and the value you bring them in the job that you're going to do and that's what happened in this situation is i believe because i wasn't actually on that call but mm-hmm. he was talking about how like he needed help with that right. or he had questions about that and then that's when it was brought up oh well you know Right. Funny enough, I've got a I've got a background in this, so I'd be more than happy to help you out and help you pick finishes and blah blah blah. And it's just like all of a sudden you've become so much further ahead of the pack because of that experience that you offer. Right. And you couple that with the rapport building and the connection and the communication, it's a real winning combo. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, like that's what it comes down to. Like there's yeah. so many every client is different, every situation is different. We're dealing with situations now where I think our value is coming out in the stuff that is barely even real estate related, mm-hmm. right? And and we talk about how sometimes we're therapists and sometimes we're this and sometimes we're that. That depends on your personality, but it's always going to come down to people want to connect with their realtors. Like yeah. it's it's not always just transactional. Right. Some people it is, but... Yeah. 
when you can identify that 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 connection you build goes beyond just I'm going to sell your home, but it's I'm going to understand your situation and bring to the table the things you need to make you comfortable about, about everything, right. not just the price at the end of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I think we've talked in the past about how you lower your commission. That's going to set a standard for anybody else that that person refers you to. Mm-hmm. However, I would argue that people will remember more how you made them feel through that transaction versus what you charge them. Yep. So if you are maybe discounting for a particular client, but you know they're good, they're a good person, they're going to be good to work with, they're not going to like nip, nickel and dime you for everything, but it's just maybe you you are you agreed to something lower than what you wanted to. If you do an amazing job for them and you made them feel like they were your number one priority and you got them the best results, that's what they're going to talk about with their friends and family versus, oh, and they gave me a really good discount. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to come into play as much. So it's, it's, a really, it's a long-term vision too for your business because sometimes you will have to make certain decisions that you may not exactly like. But it might turn into a lot more in the future. Well, and that's why you talked about things like analyzing what your time, what your value is worth to you in dollars and cents. And think about the net at yeah. the end of it. Finance is a t- topic for another day. But don't think about what your gross commission is going to be. Because mm-hmm. would you rather make $25,000 in commission and spend 22000 to get it? Mm-hmm. Or make 15000 in commission and spend 5000 to get it? Right. Take a moment, do the math. The second <laughs> option is better for you. Um, but it's another reason why the case-by-case approach to doing this is better because you're right, people will not equate discounts with you if that's not part of your standard approach to every listing. Exactly. Right? If it's always, here's what I offer, but if we take this, this, and this off, this is what I offer, then that becomes who you are versus I offer this and this is what I'm worth. Let's identify your situation. Let's figure it out and I'll come back to you. And if it's a discount, great. If you're comfortable with it, we're not judging you. No. We discount sometimes. Yeah. It's not just friends and family. Sometimes it's just because the situation supports a discount, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes, you know, there's the age old, you might sell somebody's place for less because they're also buying with you and you know that net net you're going to do really well and why not? Right. But these are the analytics you need to do on your side for what you're comfortable with. And also understanding not every sale is a slam dunk. I know real estate is booming and has been and will be and all that, but not every home sells, not every deal works out. And so you do have to be careful as well to protect yourself. If you are shelling out a lot of money for somebody, you may never see a dollar, Mm -hmm. regardless of the rate that you're charging. So it's not just about the rate that you charge. Most sellers, once they get to know, even the ones who've never sold before, once they understand that they're only paying you if and when you sell at the price they agree to, right. you need to know who you're dealing with and that you're not being played also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so, so know your worth, know yeah. your value. Fight for your... Fight, fight for your right to party. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, don't don't... Don't follow what everybody else is doing either. Make 
start looking at it. This is your own business and you run it however you feel comfortable running it. As long as you're making a profit, that's (laughs) That's, that's the only rule I would say. Um, Yeah. yeah, This isn't like one of those businesses that runs at a loss for six years. Don't be a charity, but at the same time, recognize that you know, th- there's different ways that you can make the numbers work that will work for you and will get you the business um, and get you the referrals down the road. And wear shoes in their house if you want to, <laughs> in their bedroom. Yeah. My socks actually match my shirt today, so I should have taken the shoes off. I'm not normally this coordinated. Look at that. That's true. But you're hiding it with your shoes that yeah, are... I know, they're really short ankle socks. I'm super trendy today. I'm surprised you made fun of it. I thought you'd like it. What, your shoes? The whole situation here. This I haven't is made one fun of... of it. All I said is like, why are you wearing shoes in the house? Well. That's I'm... not making fun. I'm just making an observation well, and asking could, you. Because I, I like the way it all came together. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you the... like stare at yourself in the mirror today and give yourself like a nod of No, I, I don't even, I don't, I don't have a floor to ceiling mirror. <laughs> you went into my closet probably. When did I go into your closet? <laughs> oh, now I you're just you. making things up. You are a liar. <laughs> you spend like all your time in there. That's what I do. <laughs> Uh, we were listening yourself. to Saved by the Bell. Zach Morris, he washes his hair six times a day. Apparently. Yeah. You not, coordinate not your socks with your shirt. That's what I do. I wonder if it's like, I don't know. I don't know if that's like very stylish. Is that stylish? No. Well, no, this is just a coincidence. Normally belt and watch was a coordination and shoes. Those were what I used to coordinate. Oh, belt and watch. I thought you said belt and watch. Belt and watch? I thought it was like a, a oh, brand you, you've of watch. Never, you've never had a belt and watch before? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, like once upon a time, it was shoes and belt, and if I could, the watch band. That was kind of the, the big coordination for me. Mm. And then the socks would go with either the shirt or the tie. Mm. But I don't wear a tie anymore. <laughs> I don't even have the top eight buttons of my shirt done up right now. <laughs> Rico Suave there, everywhere. <laughs> there's a picture for everybody at home. What exactly am I wearing right now? Shoes, and that's I'm it. wearing <laughs> shoes and a wide open shirt and socks that match the wide open shirt. So with that, that's the value I bring to you. If you're looking for someone who doesn't wear a very... Who coordinates their shirt with their socks and wears shoes inside a house. Give me a call. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's a good place to close. It is. Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. We will see you next week. Go, Go make that commission, potentially at a minor discount that you are willing to accept. Correct. Bye bye. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,